0: The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're live at the Warehouse 86 East University Parkway right here in Orem. Come grab some jazz gear and check out deals on furniture that will absolutely blow your mind. We're going to talk to David Locke in this segment. uh, David today brought to you by our friends at Cypress Credit Union. With the lowest fees and quickest keys, Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. And as uh, as I mentioned, we're going to talk to uh, David coming up here momentarily uh but uh, tom throw on that headset real quick we'll uh we'll tell the good folks what's going on down here at the warehouse and then we'll get out to uh we'll get out to lock and find out a little bit more at the jazz but uh you're
1: extending the president's day sale we are and as you know jake we have deals that are just unprecedented adjustable beds queen with a mattress Gel-infused memory foam. This is an incredible deal, $499. Wow. If you're looking for nicer, we've got head up, foot up, with a 10-inch gel-infused memory foam mattress for 799 Then if you're looking for the very, very best deal, how about the lumbar set with a 14-inch latex hybrid this is the deal at the home show that was fifty four hundred dollars we're doing it for 12.99 and then we have the king deal and jake you know we've done a lot of adjustable bed deals you and i this is a king head up and foot up adjustable bed with a 10 inch gel infused memory foam mattress the entire package 899 dollars uh come and see us we're going to be here all weekend uh, we're at 86 East University Parkway in Orem and in Salt Lake. 1967 South, 300 West.
0: Thanks, Tom. There you go. Come see Tom at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway right here in Orem. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us, of course, our good friend, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He is David Locke. David, what is happening?
2: Uh, Ready to go back to work, excited, fired up, not sure. I didn't really love the first, like, three days of All-Star break. I was kind of like, let's go, and then I found a way to enjoy the next three or four. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, that is good, David. That is good. We all need a little recharging. But let's talk about the All-Star game for a second, and then, uh, of course, we'll move on to what to expect from these final 28 games. But kind of your thoughts on the the game, the format, and, of course, the performance from Rudy and Donovan.
2: So um, it's interesting. Like, I didn't plan to watch it. Um, it, You know, it's just not like I had things going on on Sunday, and so I wasn't. um, And then all of a sudden – Um, I saw like the score that had been set and there were like five minutes left. And it was, and next thing I know, I was, uh, we were up in Ruby mountain and I went over to my daughter who's a huge basketball fan. And suddenly we were watching the, we weren't in a place that had the game on. So we were watching like the NBA.com TN, you know, TNT, like backboard feed, which is not ideal, but it's unique. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it caught my interest. I think it caught a lot of people's interest, and I think it showed that they that there's something to that scoring system that is probably worth deeper discussion than just the All-Star game, and it made the All-Star game far more exciting. I will be honest. I did not see Rudy and Donovan, and I did not see the uh, – first three quarters in any manner that would tell me whether that was a more competitive all-star game than what we've seen, but it was pretty awesome when Giannis was guarding LeBron out isolated one-on-one and, you know, Harden's trying to go one-on-one on on someone and, you know, he swings, they they had a play where they swung it around the outside and it was, you know, arguably five of the seven best players in the NBA all making, you know, passing to each other, I thought was pretty incredible.
3: David, uh, Rudy Gobert uh, played really well. Does it mean anything? He said afterwards, somebody asked if he was trying to prove something, but he said, now you prove something by winning championships. What do you make of him having a positive experience out of this? Is there any after effect?
2: Oh, I think anytime you're just around, um, you know, the best in the world and you're in that group, there's a positive aspect to that. Um, You know, so I think that is play on the floor. I obviously didn't think was, I mean, if I thought it was truly relevant, I like the game. I usually watch things I think are really important. I guess I didn't deem that to be the case on that one. Um, Or I was trying to have some life balance. Um, So, but I think just being in that environment and being rewarded for your effort should be a motivator to try to get back there and do it again.
0: David Locke is with us, 97.5 and twelve eighty. of the zone. Let's talk about the Jazz going into this final stretch, David, of of 28 games and uh, talk specifically about Mike Conley, Gordon and I, and we've talked to you about it. You know, I think we all know that Mike needs to be playing at his best for this team to achieve what they're capable of. And the last few games we saw Mike play before the break were really, really good. Talk about his progress and where he still needs to go.
2: You know, I had a nice conversation with him today. I, I don't know if I led the conversation to this spot more than he went there. I don't think he disagreed when I brought it up, but a little bit was just how nice it must have been for him to have a break. It's been such a whirlwind, right? Like he went to a new place, everything was different, then he struggled, then he got hurt, then he didn't start, then he started, then he got the flu, Um and, you I know, got hurt twice in there. So I think that I, I talked to him today, and I will admit I led the conversation. So he didn't – wasn't, this wasn't necessarily his idea, but just how nice it must be for him to be able to kind of go away, get reset, come back, know where he's going to be, know what the routine is. Um, he said that – he said the one thing he did share was that they went – he went to, like, two days away and then went to his house in Columbus, and he had a the gym there and he had really been struck by the flu. He had not got outside much. He played, so he went outside and he played one, uh, I don't know if he played a full round or not of golf, but he was really didn't feel well. He, that flu had struck him pretty good. And so he didn't go outside much at all, but when they got to Columbus, he was like, well, I'll just rest. And he has a gym in his house in Columbus. And he said, so he just found himself like downstairs, just having a great time, just shooting and being in the gym and just enjoying himself. And, you know, whatever that basketball Jones is that most of the players have, I think he re-engaged. And I think it'll be, I think it's refreshing for him just with being able to kind of set his bearing and find his foundation as he heads into the second half of the season. This has been quite a whirlwind for him. Nothing has been normal. He's never failed before and never struggled the way he struggled, never been in a new place before, never learned a new system. I think, you know, this is this has got to be nice for him to be back to normal.
3: So, David, 28 games to play for the Jazz. You've studied that schedule. What do you make of what the possibilities are for a number of victories?
2: Well, it's considerably more difficult than Houston. The Clippers or Denver's. Denver's is closest to ours, but Houston really has an amazingly uh, I think Houston. I I have to. I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I, I tweeted it earlier today at Locked On Sports. But I I think they've got something about 17 of 28 games are against teams where they have an 80% win possibility or higher. I know that Austin uh, kind of broke down the 538 win probability today when he tweeted it out, and the Jazz is more daunting than, than anyone. Denver's the next, and then the Clippers really have a pretty soft schedule. If they're going full bore, they've had a tendency to let some slip, and Paul George's hamstring. We'll see what happens when they finally play again. Whether he goes, Um, I I expect Houston to be. Houston's got 28 left. I'd expect Houston goes about 22 and five or 22 and six the rest of the way. Um, So I think they're going to be a home court team, and then the quest, the Clippers schedule is pretty easy, and it's going to be a home court team. I think Utah and Denver could find themselves in a really tight battle for, for four or five, and, and Denver's got the edge, and Denver keeps winning, uh, despite the fact they keep looking at circumstances where they think they're going to slip, but I, this is this schedule is not... It's got the most games against above 500 teams. We do play a lot of home games. Um, I think we have a rest disadvantage in one more than others, but we, we've got six or seven Games it is where we're on the road with a below forty percent win probability, and you know we can have to find a way to sneak two or three of those.
0: Well, I, I think that's why David Jazz fans are kind of hoping for an extra gear where it's it's not so much a sneak as it is well that's legitimately how well they're playing. And I guess in, in your opinion, do they have that gear?
2: So since Jordan Clarkson's joined the team. They have the second-best differential, the number-one offense, and the number, um, like, 12th or 13th defense. Now, in that stretch, they have not played any of the five best defensive teams or any of the five best teams in the league. So it's a little inflated. Not a lot, but it's a little inflated. What's going to be really curious here down the stretch is the Jazz play, I think, 12 games, including our next two, against top 10 offensive teams. And do we have the defensive prowess to be able to slow down the top offensive teams in the league and allow what has been the number one offensive team in the league, being the Jazz, since December 24th, take control of games? And I don't know the answer to that. It's interesting to be here at this point, but we're really pretty much where I thought we'd be when the year starts. If we have an average defense, we're going to be really good. If we have an above-average defense, we'll be better. And if we have a great defense, we'll be fantastic. And we have not seen a great defense yet. I don't know that we have entirely the makeup to be a great defensive team, but we'll see in this next stretch of how we handle those I think it's 12 games against top 10 offensive teams the rest
3: of the way. Well said. Yeah, I think that is a very important uh, thing to circle. And, uh, David, uh, Jake uh, made the comparison. He said last year the Jazz kind of had a softer approach to the postseason. It sounds to me like from what you were saying, if the Jazz are able to prosper under these conditions, then that could bode well for whatever happens thereafter.
2: I mean, I think we've got to find out. Just because you haven't haven't played the five best teams in that stretch doesn't mean your numbers aren't real. It just means you don't know. Now, we play the Lakers, I think, two more times if I'm right, Um, back-to-back. So hopefully we can get one of those. Uh, We don't play Milwaukee again. We split with them. Uh, We play Boston two more times. They're one of the top five teams in the league, both overall and defensively. Uh, we play the Clippers one or two more times, um, and they're one of those teams in that group. And I'm trying to, and we play Toronto. and We play Toronto one more time. So those are the five real you know, high level teams. But then we also go on the road to Denver, go on the road to Oklahoma City. There's some real testing here. We're going to find out what what our medal is and and whether this team that you know front office so astutely made the move and 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 went to just prior to uh, the trade deadline and got an extra 20-some-odd games out of it, what advantage that yields them here as we move forward with the addition of Jordan Clarkson at a, at a much earlier date. I think that's really worth talking about, that the Jazz got 20-plus games out of Clarkson that if you wait till the trade deadline to make that deal, you don't
1: get.
0: David, I ask you this from time to time, and I'm always curious to your answer. But what storyline is going under the radar right now that people aren't talking about, but probably should be?
2: Well, since we have the most passionate fan base in the world that's on top of our team and knows it, is some of the smartest fans. I don't think there's actually many storylines that are being untalked about. I don't feel like anyone's missing the boat. Like I think people kind of have what this team is and what they've, how good they've been recently, and how well they've been built and how brilliantly they've been coached. And I am I, I don't have a storyline that I think's not being talked about enough. I i, I think we've done some, you know, we've built, built an interesting team and it uh, doesn't seem like the buyout market is yielding anything that's going to alter this roster. So, you know, let's move forward and see what we got. What about league-wide? Oh, I think Houston's going to be really great. Uh, I don't know if that, that means they're going to win playoff series, but I think the math behind what they did it makes sense. It's a short sample size. The concern would be the wear and tear on P.J. Tucker, but they maybe I'll get through that. The addition of Damari Carroll and Jeff Green, don't move my meter, but if they get him 20 minutes that they weren't getting otherwise, that might be important to how, considering how thin they were. Um, I think Nikola Jokic is an MVP candidate. But I think at a higher level than that, I think he has MVP impact on games. Uh, it's hard for me to understand how Denver wins at the rate they're winning until you kind of realize that Jokic is just far better than I think anyone gives him credit for. He's probably, you know, Giannis is the MVP and then Harden's right after that. And LeBron is having quite a year. and But I think Jokic probably should be the third or fourth candidate for MVP right now and Uh, probably deserves to be understood to having the same impact on games. Um, I think Philadelphia's next 28 games has the largest impact on the future of the league. Hmm. Um, Can they figure this out? There have not been a lot of young teams and young tandems that rise together, that hold together can they can Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid get through whatever they're going through to solve that? Can they figure out how to use Al Horford? If they don't, I would assume there'd be a fairly significant detonation there, which might go beyond coaching and into roster. Um, so I think that's, that's it. I mean, Milwaukee is having one of the greatest seasons of any NBA team ever. I'm not sure that's being talked about enough. Um, but that's probably Houston and Philadelphia's next stretches have long-term implications on the league. Philadelphia from a roster standpoint, Houston from a stylistic standpoint, but I think a lot of people will make a mistake trying to mimic Houston without the same personnel if they're successful.
3: David, when you, when you consider the troubles that Philly has had, I find that fascinating. Is it a skill set issue or is it attitudinal?
2: Well, so I think it's a skill set issue. I think Al Horford turned out to be a horrible fit instead of a good fit, which they just missed on. That happens. You can add these, like, unbelievable veterans that seem like they're perfect to add to your roster, and then when they get there, it actually just doesn't fit Al Horford's numbers with Joel Embiid on the floor are stunningly bad. I don't have it up but I haven't looked it up in a while, but I mean I think he's shooting in the thirties when he's on the floor with Joel Embiid. And then, you know, there's a like, there's the history of the league that they're fighting. What are the two young players that emerged as stars early in their career that were able to hold it together and not have a divorce? And there aren't very many, right? Penny and Shaq, Kobe and Shaq, LaMarcus Aldridge and Damian Lillard. We run through this. It's not uncommon to have true young players rise to stardom together and then have a hard time holding it together. So we'll see whether that nasty bug that's been around the league for decades solves that. You know, causes causes them to fall apart. Jimmy Jackson, Jamal Masperin, Jason Kidd. Like you can go find them. They're all over the place.
3: That is really weird. <laughs> I've never even thought of that.
2: Well, I don't know if it's actually any different than any other industry.
0: Huh. Well, David, we appreciate it as always. And, hey, we're going to see you at the arena tomorrow night, man. Looking forward to it.
2: Sounds good. Got a little, got a little prep to do tonight. Dig back in. <laughs> Excited for it.
0: <laughs> all right, buddy. Thanks, David. There you go. That's David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and his appearance on the show today brought to you by our friends at Cypress Credit Union. With the lowest fees and quickest keys, Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or
3: cypresscu.com for details. I'm trying to think of guys who, uh, along about your age, Jake, that came along the same time you did and how you have not been able to really coexist with any of them. I mean... Like who? I don't know. You tell me. No. (laughs) I'm not going
0: to tell you. Stay tuned. We're going to have more Big Show coming up next, live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.